1: The 261st edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now.
0: This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win! 54 to 53, North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, Go! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three, too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national damn champion.
1: Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way.
0: My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school. I really would.
1: Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Ashton here with you guys today. The brothers have teamed up for a special edition of the podcast. Ashton wrote an article that you will find On the website, HeelToughBlog.com, the five key questions for Carolina basketball entering the 2023-2024 season. And we're going to go through those here in a podcast edition um, as, as well and give you a little what to watch for tonight as Carolina does return to action in exhibition fashion as they'll host St. Augustine's tonight in the Smith Center. But before we do any of that, we start every edition of the pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day. And we go to a person that I don't know who this person is and what their contribution to the world is, but they gave us a great quote. And that quote is, you may be disappointed if you fail, but you are doomed if you don't try. There's no denying that uh, we were we were disappointed in the failures of last season as Carolina you know, literally failed to meet any of their preseason goals set before them in the in in the preseason. But the thing was, was that you know they 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 did try. Maybe not to the hardest, maybe not to the level that we wanted them to try. But there was still an effort there that you know still needed to be appreciated through through different times um, throughout the year. The same thing applies this year. This team may fail. They may fall flat on their face, and they may not they may not be able to turn it around, and they may not be able to to play the type of basketball that we want them to play, but we will only find out if they try. And I think the, the group that Huber Davis has assembled this season, um, he, he's talked about it every time he's talked about his team publicly. He's got a group of competitors. He's got a group that likes being around one another, um, and he feels very confident that he has the right type of team that is going to get Carolina basketball Back where we expect them to be, which is the top of the ACC, and uh, you know at, at the top of the college basketball world. So there's your pod thought of the day. Now we'll transition as Ashton will, will get involved here with our five key questions for the Carolina basketball season. And and brother, the first question you have uh, for the Tar Heels this year is: Is Carolina ready? For life without Caleb Love, and I, I think it's 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 the first question, the most the most uh, anxious question to be answered because you know when you talk about Carolina basketball forever, you got to talk about this guy. This guy hit one of the biggest shots in the history of the program. He retired your arch rival in the Final Four to vault you to the national championship game. He came back to try to help you win a national title. Ultimately, that didn't happen. And when the season ended, everybody pointed the finger at him and said, he has to go. Now he's at Arizona. Uh, He has flashed for them so far at times in the preseason. But let's make no mistakes here talking about a guy that uh, was a volume shooter and when he was hot, he was as hot as anybody in the country. There's a lot of production that Carolina has to replace with Caleb Love no longer in Carolina Blue.
0: That's true, but I also feel like there's there's things that can be gained from him leaving the program. First of all, I think we can all agree as Carolina fans that his shot selection was definitely not the best. And I feel like with the guys that Hubert Davis has brought in to replace him, that is definitely going to be fixed. You know, Elliot Cadeau, he's a pass-first point guard. Carolina has, hasn't has really had one of that those types of players. I don't know if you could call Kobe White that type of point guard, but like the t- type of – one-and-done talent that he brings to the fold. We haven't had a guy like that since Kobe White. And then you've also brought in Cormac Ryan, who's a veteran leader who does have good shot selection from Notre Dame. And so I feel like – I answered this in my article, but I feel like Carolina is ready for life without him. There's things to be gained from him leaving the program. But I also feel like he's going to be a hard guy or he's going to be a hard um, person to forget. And You really can't forget him. For, for, like you said, the shot he made against Duke and just what he what he brought to this program as a basketball player and a person.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the thing we want to hammer home is I'm rooting for him to have success at Arizona. I want him to reach all of his individual goals and dreams outside of winning a national title because we want the Tar Heels to do that. I just hope there's not a there's not a game this year where we come away from it saying, "Man, we really wish Caleb Love was on the roster." I, I really hope that's not um, the case. I hope that R.J. Davis takes that next step. I hope Cormac Ryan fills a leadership void that that exists on this team. I, I hope that Elliot Cadeau is everything he's being hyped up to be so far in the preseason. I don't want when the season ends, we got to do a "What If" podcast, and that "What If" being if what 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 could have happened if Caleb Love. Was still in Chapel Hill, and so um, I think it's something that you know the, the Hubert Davis has talked about this openly. If so, is Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, the guys have acknowledged it. It wasn't easy, but it felt necessary. Um, <clears throat> and, and sometimes we got to do things in life we d- we don't want to do, and this just felt like a necessary thing that had to happen. And hopefully, in the end, it works out uh, for both parties involved. Moving on to question number two. Carolina overhauled its roster via the transfer portal. No one more attractive than Harrison Ingram, a former McDonald's All-American, a guy that you know has you know top-tier talent, but never lived up to the hype at Stanford. You know, coming off a year where he averaged ten and a half points per game, but we kind of talked about this all summer long. He he didn't play with the type of talent he's going to play with now. Being playing, you know, he used to play with a you know All-American and Armando Baycott, a potential all-american in RJ Davis, a veteran in Cormac Ryan, a veteran in Paxson Wojcik, a freshman like Elliot Cadeau. You know, I got the chance on 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 Wednesday at HC tip-off to see Hubert Davis glow up when he talked about Harrison Ingram. You want to know how big of an impact he can make? I think the biggest thing for him is that he's going to be just naturally better because he's surrounded by more by, by, by better talent and by better coaching. And I think this is a guy that's going to be the type of wing this team has been looking for since Cam Johnson was on the team that you know went to the Sweet Six team back in 2019.
0: And I don't think people are talking enough about the pressure he was under at Stanford. I think we can all agree that um, he was probably the best player on that Stanford team last year, and they were putting way too much pressure on him to produce. And he only produced ten and a half points a game last year. And at Stanford, people saw that as a disappointment. But here at Carolina, that's about where we want him to produce, maybe a little bit more. So I feel like the impact that he can make on both the offensive and defensive ends is huge. And he also brings a level of versatility that North Carolina hasn't had since you said, well, yeah, Cam Johnson. So just the multiple positions this guy can play, he's – He's big. He's 6'7", 235, so he can guard both the three and the four. And he's he's athletic, so I'm excited for this guy. And I feel like he can make a huge impact in the Carolina u this year.
1: Uh, I feel like this is going to be a guy that, you know, he, he, he might be the most talented player on Carolina's roster, but he's probably going to be the third leading scorer behind Davis and Baycott. I think he can be active defensively. He's got the right type of tools, the right type of skill set to be a good individual and team defender, um, something that Carolina needs to do. They need to become better on that end of the court. And, and you know, look, there's a reason why Coach Davis took the entire staff to to Dallas, Texas, when they were recruiting him out of the portal. They they put the full court press on him because they knew this was the type of guy that could really elevate them. You know, from being just a you know tournament team to a team that could probably compete to win an ACC regular season championship. And go deep into the NCAA tournament, assuming they 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 make their return to the big dance. And so, you know, I think this is a guy, um, as as much as anybody on the roster, we know what we're gonna get in Davis, we know what we're gonna get from Baycott. I'd put him and the next guy we're gonna talk about, Elliot Cadeau, as the two guys that we're the most anxious to see in a Tar Heel uniform. And let's transition now to the th- to the third question. And and it's really like you labeled it, is he ready for is, is Elliot Cadeau ready for ACC basketball? I'm just going to rephrase it and say, can he live up to the hype? Because, you know, I, I talked about this uh, the last time Anthony was on. It takes a lot for me to get excited about a freshman. It takes even more for me to get excited about a reclassified freshman, a guy that should be a senior in high school. We saw the live-action scrimmage a few weeks ago, you know, where he scored, I think it was 16 points, scored the first bucket of the game, hit two really big threes in the closing stretch for his side. Um, so you know he has the ability to to take him and, and make the big shots, but the thing we love about him is 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 his passing ability. I'm not overstating my bounds when I say this is the best passer the program has seen since Kendall Marshall. And he the, the reason why I get so excited is he single handedly changes Carolina's offense overnight. There's a reason why the secondary break a staple of this program from the Coach Smith days all the way through the Coach Williams days. It was scrapped once Coach Davis got the job because he didn't have the personnel to run it. You got that in a guy like Elliott Cadeau, a guy that is, is going to be able to run your secondary break offense. I think Carolina's going to get easier buckets just in the open court because this guy knows when he gets the ball what to do with it, which is get down the court as fast as can, either by you know dribble or pass, and give yourself a chance to get an easy bucket. And so you know, from everything that I've seen, I think he's ready for the hype. Of course, we haven't seen him in a big moment yet. We haven't seen him on the road in an ACC game. But if Elliott Cadeau is as good as advertised, I think this Carolina team is, is is ready for a rebirth offensively and kind of get back to the team we all grew accustomed to watching over the last, you know, 40, 50 years.
0: And I think an underrated piece of his game is also his shooting ability. You know, he made a couple of threes and a couple of pull-up jumpers in the – in the um in the preseason scrimmage that we, we simply, we weren't expecting because we, we had heard he was labeled as an attacker and a passer. And I feel like that was, that was kind of the surprise that came out of the, um the, the scrimmage was just how willing he was to shoot the ball. And I think that now, obviously he's going to have to, now obviously RJ Davis is going to get his shots. And, and, you know, you wrote an article on the blog about the green light. Cadeau wasn't one of those guys with the green light. So I don't expect, him to shoot too much but when he does shoot I feel like you can expect a good number of those shots to get it go in and I also feel like yeah he's ready for this height you know he's he he's probably one of the mature looking and sounding freshmen that I've seen come into the program in quite some time
1: and I mean I think another thing I really liked from what I saw from him so far you know we'll see it again tonight when when they take on when they take on St. Augustine we're, we're 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 focusing on the offensive end of the floor because that's the sexy side, and that's where he is, you know, going to make his biggest impact. I love the way he competes defensively, um, and I think oh yeah, you know, there there could be a chance with him with Seth Tremble. I, I love what what Paxton Wojcik can can bring. I think Carolina's backcourt has the potential to be as good defensively. In my in in my fifteen plus years watching this this program play. Um and, and that's saying a lot because Carolina has had some really good defensive point guards. Marcus Page was a good defensive point guard. Joel Berry was a very good defensive point guard. Um, but now you've got tandems, and I think it's going to do something where Carolina will be able to to maybe trap the ball more and maybe put pressure in the backcourt more often because you've got the personnel to impact the game on that end of the floor. And if you've got a reclassified freshman – doing that type of stuff. It does speak volumes to the type of player that he is and and really the type of character he possesses as a basketball player. Let's move on to question number four, and a very big question around this this team. Carolina last year shot 31.2% from behind the three-point line. Um, It was either the worst or the second worst uh, shooting percentage in the history of the program, and that was with a roster that featured Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, two guys that— you know, we thought um, we're really good three-point shooters. You mentioned my article about the green light. That's something Hubert Davis has stressed all offseason long is better shot selection. Now, a better way to get better shots is to move the ball better. I think those things go hand-in-hand. Last year, Carolina's offense was stagnant. It was one or two guys dribbling a hole in the floor and then jacking up a 30-footer. Not going to make too many of those shots, no matter how good you are. Um, the thing... And I've I've talked about this even with with Harrison Ingram, Jalen Withers. You look at their numbers, they leave a lot to be desired. Low 30% perimeter shooting. But look at the look at the talent, look at the personnel that they were playing with. Now they're going to be on a team that's going to have better floor spacing. Um, because you gotta, you know, if Armando Baycott gets the ball, you gotta double team them. If RJ Davis drives the lane, you've got to help. You've got you gotta help on that. And there's just gonna be there's gonna be better looks. I think Carolina will be it will, will shoot the ball better because I think I think the shot selection is going to be better because it has to be. You can't you can't let guys take the type of shots that even Love took last year, RJ Davis took last year, and there not be any consequences. The issue was was Huber Davis didn't feel very comfortable turning to guys on his bench to put them in the game. I think that's different this year. I think he has more depth. I think he has more guys that he's going to trust in. I think you're going to see a better ball movement, which is going to lead to better shots, which ultimately leads to a better field goal percentage, both overall and from the three-point line.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I feel like, again, that's where Kido can help because just his attacking mentality and then his passing can really help set guys up. And I feel like, um, I feel like the key to the... To this team's three-point percentage numbers is going to be um, Harrison Ingram again because they're gonna they're gonna be on Davis when he shoots the ball because they know how good of a shooter he is. They're gonna be um, they're gonna be around Cormac Ryan because he's a good shooter. We don't know that much about Harrison Ingram as a shooter. I mean, he was he had decent shooting numbers, um, shooting forty percent from the floor at Stanford, but we but in terms of the three-point percentage, he's not going to be the first guy that teams look to stop, and that's where I think he can really get open. And so if he can make those shots, I feel like Carolina will be much improved from behind the arc, and then hopefully that'll spread out the floor a little bit more for Baycott underneath, and we can make a little bit more two-pointers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is that if Carolina – and, and I, you know, this is the first roster that I look at and say, this is, the, this is what Huber Davis wants. This is his vision. His first roster were a bunch of leftover guys from the Roy Williams era and the two to three guys he went and got in the portal. Last year, you're not going to tell those same Roy Williams guys no when they say I want to come back and win a national championship. You go and bring a Pete Nance guy in to try to fill the void of Brady Manic, and it just wasn't him. He wasn't built to shoot the volume of threes that Brady Manic played. It compressed the floor, made it easier to, to, for opponents to defend Carolina, and that's why the shooting numbers were or, or were what they were. I think Carolina is going to be tougher to defend. I think you got to make you know cover you know the, the the entire length of the court, the width of the court as well, um, and so you're just going to naturally get better shots. And if you've got if you got good players taking good shots, they're going to put a, together a good percentage. If you have good players taking bad shots, you got to live and die with the results. And that's what Carolina did a year ago. You had really good players, really good shooters taking bad shots, and they're good enough to make them um, some of the time. But they're not good enough to make them the majority of the time, and that's why the percentage was what it, that it was. And um, I think having just so much experience on the court with the Davis, a, a Cormac Ryan, even a Paxson Wojcik, they're going to know when to pick and choose their spots, and they're going to know where to funnel the ball to get the, the, the to get the right guys, the right type of shots uh, on the floor. And so, I, I I do expect as much as anything this year, Carolina to be a, a much more improved perimeter shooting team the last question we're going to go over before we kind of give a little what to watch for as carolina returns to action tonight in exhibition against st augustine's um is the rotation um and this is the one question i i wanted to ask coach davis when he was at the table uh at acc tip-off i didn't get a chance to um this is something that i think we've all been very critical of and rightfully so because you're not used to seeing carolina play seven dudes maybe eight dudes you went to a national championship game really playing six. Um, and Coach Davis always says, I don't make the, the rotation the players do by the way they practice and practice and the way they perform in the game, which is a really great theory, and it's a really great concept, except when it doesn't work and you've got talent on the bench that wasn't seen in the floor. We didn't understand why Tyler Nickel didn't see the court last year. We all thought Dontre Stiles was, uh, was, was poised to have a bigger role. Same thing for Puff Johnson. DeMarco Dunn, It never materialized. They never had a consistent role. They never got consistent minutes. It was an ebb and flow type of system, um, and it's it's really hard to to win a national championship running running your your rotation like an NBA rotation because they're not NBA players. They're college players. Um, and whether he'll admit it publicly or not, there's no denying that the the biggest focal point for him as a coach this year. Uh, as much as anything, is creating a legitimate eight to nine man rotation, because that's what it takes. Uh, you look at the non conference schedule that features five to six ranked teams. You look at twenty ACC games um, that that has plenty of teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament. You if you don't have a rotation, you're going to have the same up and down type of performances that you've had a year ago. Um, and I think you, you know he has he has the most depth he's had. As he's become, since he became Carolina's head coach, Um, Josh Graham, a radio host that 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 I respect, Uh, he does a great job on the drive in uh, Winston Salem. You know, he he put out a a thing this summer saying that Hubert Davis recruited guys he's not going to use. I disagree with that. I think Hubert Davis went and recruited his type of guys and the type of guys he feels comfortable coaching and the type of guys he he wants in his program. And so, I look at it and say. There's no reason Carolina does not have a legitimate rotation this year because you've got depth at virtually every position. Um, Whether you look at point guard where you've got R.J. Davis, R.J. Davis, Elliot Cadeau, and Seth Trimble. You look at your your, your two guard, you've got Cormac Ryan, Paxson Wojcik will fit into that mold. And also you could play Seth Trimble if you wanted to, probably at the two. You look at the wing, you've got Harrison Ingram. You've got Jalen Withers. You go to the big, you know, you 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 uh, you, you move down low. You've got Jalen Washington and Armando Baycott to be your first two bigs. Then you got Okonkwo, and then you've got Zayden High. There's a replacement spot at every, you know, position on the court, which hasn't been the case his first two seasons. I look at it and say, if 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 he can't carve out a rotation this year, it's more of an indictment on the coaching staff than it is the players.
0: I agree. And when you look at, and you just, you said it perfectly, Carolina could realistically go nine or 10, nine or 10 deep into the bench. Like, I don't feel like we're going to see James Conquo as much as you think we're going to see him because I feel like that's Zayden high. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of Zayden high than we will Conquo But I agree with you on everything else you said. We can go two or three deep at every position and you mentioned something about Cormac Ryan playing the two guard. I think we could see him at the wing as well. And Carolina goes. Oh, absolutely.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That, there's, there's no denying that's the vision. That's the, that's the model for the way he wants to play. He laid it out when he got, when he was hired back in, in, in April of, of, um, of, of 2020. He, he wanted to play, or, or, or April is it 2021? I think is actually when he got hired. That he, you know, three guards, a wing, and a big. Well, now you got the personnel to do that, and when you've got that type of personnel, and you've got it backed up, guess what? Now you've got a rotation that exactly. hasn't existed. That hasn't existed this first two years. So I'm with. And that's why I, I feel going like to see a lot
0: more excitement around the program this year because we've got we've got the personnel now. Now we've just got to now we've just got to put it all together, and that's what I feel like we've got to we we can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said excitement for me. It's it's nervousness and anxiousness because. Oh, I'm excited! Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm not excited. This is, <laughs> this is, this is my baby. This is, this is my favorite team. <laughs> um, this is your
0: baby because you can't get a girlfriend that you can call that.
1: Wow, well, you're you're not you're not entirely wrong. Like this is, I I I live and die with what this team does on the basketball court. And I died a lot last year going through 13 losses. It's it's why I'm as bald as 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 I'm getting. And I've spent all off season. I talked about this a, a few editions ago in the podcast. I spent all off season trying to figure out how to fix a team I have no control over, but that's the way my mind works. And so, I, I am I am excited because I I I love this team. I love college basketball, but there's there's anxiousness there because you know we we just don't know if it's all going to come together. They're preaching that it's going to. But they also preached last year they were going to, you know, they were going to win a national championship. We were going to have to question their effort. We questioned their effort really from the midway point of the non conference season on. And as much as I've become a Hubert Davis guy, um, which is funny to a lot of people because I fired him his first year as Carolina's head coach, the last guy to miss back to back NCAA tournaments didn't come back for a fourth season, and that was Matt Doherty. Hubert Davis is entering his third year, coming off a year where he didn't make the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, if he doesn't go back, you know, and Carolina goes in a different direction, it's going to be hard to argue that. And so there's – and I don't want that to happen. It's not in the best interest of Carolina basketball that you you move on from a coach in three years. And so there's excitement there, but there also is some anxiousness there and some anxiety there just to see what all this does look like. So there was a look at our five questions that uh, faced the Tar Heels entering the 2023-2024 season, but we're not done. Now we're going to transition to tonight, where Carolina returns to action. They host uh, Division II St. Augustine's out of the CIAA, um, you know, in a exhibition uh, matchup um, at the Smith Center. 7:30 tip. It'll be on uh, ESPN Plus and ACC Network Network Extra. We're not going to sit here and give you a full preview um, of what to watch for tonight, just given there's going to be a disparity in talent, um, depth, everything, where Carolina's going to have the upper hand. So really, we're just going to give you a primer of what to watch for tonight. Um, the first thing I have written down is the two of the things we kind of just finished, we touched on in our five questions, the transfers and Elliot Cadeau. I think Cadeau is going to be the guy that we're all looking to see the most. Just because this will be this first real game action that we've seen him, because we saw no, you know, we didn't get to, we don't get to watch the secret scrimmage where reportedly Carolina busted up Florida Atlantic, although Elijah Martin didn't play. Um, this will be his first time really playing in front of a somewhat of a live crowd because there will be people in the stands, kind of like there were uh, for live action with Carolina basketball. And then the transfers, you know, I for me, I mean, Harrison Ingram is going to be the guy everybody looks at. I'm really intrigued by Paxson Wojcik. I think depending on the way that Hubert Davis ultimately builds that rotation that we're just talking about, I think Paxson Wojcik could be a starter for this team in, in some in in some scenarios. So, for me, that's that's what I'm starting to look at tonight is Elliot Cadeau in game action where there's going to be, you know, uh, a a legitimate college basketball clock with the 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 the, the, the game being officiated that way. And then the transfer and the transfer I'm most excited to watch tonight is the aforementioned Paxson Wojcik.
0: I'm actually looking more forward to seeing Jalen Withers likely come off the bench tonight because, you know, I've heard reports and read articles that this guy is freakishly athletic, and if his jumper could come along, he would be he would be outstanding. And I'm excited to see what he can bring to this program. I feel like he is. I feel like he is probably the most the transfer that's probably flying the most under the radar um, of the transfers that Carolina has brought in. So I'm excited to see what he can bring to this team and this second unit.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm excited to see him as well because I think from a physicality standpoint, he might be the most uh, gifted athlete on the roster, but we got to figure out what he does well and how to utilize him. You know, the shooting didn't look good or the numbers didn't look good at Louisville. But I'll tell you this, the shot looks good. The shot's not broken. So if he takes the right type of shots, I do think Jalen Withers uh, can be a really big uh, force on this team uh, in 2023-2024. We talked about how to be an improved shooting team in the five questions. The biggest reason or the biggest way to improve it is to take better shots. I think if we were to go back and look at this team last year and its exhibition game and the non-conference tune-up, We would have known the shot selection left a lot to be desired and that that was the biggest reason why they weren't blowing out teams in the non-conference that they were expected to blow out. And and so I look at this and say, you know, the preseason, you hear this all the time in in the NBA, this time of the year is the time to build good habits Um, and and, and really kind of really set the tone for the type of things you're going to do and the type of things you're going to do well. And so. Um, I'm interested to see what the shot selection looks like, knowing that Davis, Ryan, and Wojcik are the only three guys that have the green light to take virtually any a perimeter shot that they want. What type of shots are we seeing from Harrison Ingram? Where does Armando Baycott look to generate his offense? Um, what does Jalen Withers want to do? How does he want to impact the game on the offensive end of the floor? And so I think as much as anything offensively, that's the thing I'm going to look at and say, what type of shots – are you taking? Because there were too many times in big games last year, I, I thought to myself, I don't like that shot. I don't like that shot. And that all starts this time of the year. I'd like to see Carolina come out and really let it be known. We're going to take the right type of shots um, that give us the best chance to see the ball go through the hoop.
0: And I think part of that is what we're going to talk about next in the ball movement because the ball ball movement creates good shots. And I feel like that was the reason one of the reasons why Carolina's shot selection was so poor last year. And we talked about it earlier, but the ball movement was just never there. And in the preseason scrimmage, it was there. And that's where I wanna, and that's another thing I'm really excited to see tonight is does the ball movement create good shots? And I feel like it really can.
1: Yeah, that's the last thing that I'm gonna be looking at to watch just because um, well, really two things. You know, there there are two things that get me going from a basketball perspective, and that's seeing a team run the floor. And this, this team hasn't ran really since Kobe White was, was running the show. I, I, I grew up in an era where Ty Lawson got the ball and he beat your butt down the other end and laid it up. That's the type of ball Carolina played. They scored 90 in their sleep. That hasn't happened. I think Carolina's going to get back to running because you've got a guard that wants to get it and go. The return of the secondary break I think is going to open up so many different things for Carolina's offense is why they're going to be so more efficient but none of that stuff matters unless the ball moves and the thing that you got to like about every guy that the Carolina brought in in the transfer portal they're not ball stoppers Harrison Ingram moves the ball Paxson Wojcik moves the ball Cormac Ryan moves the ball the biggest issue with the RJ Davis Caleb Love tandem was they were was that the ball stopped when it went into either one of their hands and it, we we more so blamed Caleb Love for that cuz I don't think RJ Davis is naturally a ball stopper I think he wants to move the ball to to, to to get the ball to, to to generate the best the best offense, and so, um, you know, uh, Coach Smith always had a thing where you had to you know pass three to five times before you took a shot. I'm not saying we got to implement that type of rule, but I think you're going to see the ball go inside out. It's going to get swung from side to side. You're going to make the defense move. You're going to make the defense rotate. You're going to make the defense chase. All that leads to better angles for you to drive the ball, and ultimately, it creates better b- b- better shots. And so. Um, I, I think you know Carolina was 14th in the league last year in, in assist to field goal rate, 14th in the ACC.
0: That's second to last. That's unacceptable. with North,
1: with North Carolina on the front of their jersey. Um, can't happen. And, and so I think you're going to see a, a a a much better result uh, this year. And I think we'll get a good glimpse of that tonight, seeing that ball move all around the court.
0: Yeah. And that, that stats just, that stats, just ridiculous to me. You're, you're known for, you know, you know, Dean Smith, like you said, preached moving the ball and he was the guy that invented the four corner stall offense that literally had no shots being put up. So just that not being able to move the ball was what killed the team last year. And that's why I think this team's going to be so much different because like we said before, they have the guys that want to move the ball. You know, Ingram. Um, you know, I honestly think about Seth Trimble as the kind of guy that can move the ball too, because he's not going to be taking those shots. So just the guy this roster stacks up a lot better for what Hubert Davis wants to do and for what this program wants to do. Just inside out ball movement, swing it around all over the court. The ball moves faster than a player can. And that's that's why that's why ball movement is so important. So yeah, I'm excited to see it tonight and um, hopefully it'll transition into the season opener opener against Radford and beyond.
1: Well, you can catch that scrimmage tonight, 7.30. It'll be available on ESPN Plus on ACC Network Extra. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, guys, we do encourage you to visit the website. uh, That's sealteflog.com. We'll have you covered. Uh, There's already an article up about what to look for tonight in the scrimmage. We'll have something up, or in the exhibition, there will be something up on the site uh, tonight as well. Football at Georgia Tech. We'll have you covered. Game preview, game recap coming out of that game as Carolina looks to bounce back uh, from that disappointing loss to Virginia a week ago. And then before you know it, we'll be getting you ready for the college basketball season with a little bit more season preview type of stuff. So find all that great football, basketball coverage. That's com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Ashton for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!
0: get any sweet of the
1: map